Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. This episode is my monthly conversation with fellow MVP Norm Young on anything and everything related to collaboration insights and automation. And today we focus on Microsoft Copilot. Let's get started. And welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business, productivity, and collaboration culture. And my guest today, so monthly session with Mr. Norm Young, a Microsoft MVP and the Director of Collaborative Analytics uh, at Tigraph, an Avpoint company. Or has the role changed yet? Have you? The role has changed. I'm I'm told that I'm now a a senior strategic consultant. Ooh which rolls off the tongue quite nicely compared to the director of collaborative analytics. In either case, neither my wife nor my parents know exactly what I do for a living. No, but that's also something that you go to a conference and somebody says, and what do you do is I'm a strategic consultant. And that's just, that's just like, all right, fine. Don't tell me what you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally black box. And as long as the person who's signing the paycheck is okay with what I'm doing, oh, yeah, yeah. I, suppose I should be happy about it as well. Well, I always enjoy these conversations, and our focus is uh, this monthly conversation into insights and automation, primarily within Microsoft 365. But like today's topic, uh, it, it really kind of covers the the gamut of of workloads. It's across the board. It's a pretty massive uh, a, a set of announcements. I, I you know, it's it's funny. We're we're coming up on the Microsoft 365 conference in Las Vegas. And traditionally, the May the 4th big announcement date that Microsoft's been doing since 2016, when they uh, uh, kind of did the relaunch of SharePoint, making it more beautiful, modern SharePoint, that kind of thing. And there's supposedly more massive excitement, you know, around announcements happening in Las Vegas on the 4th. Yet they've already dropped. We've got the Loop app is now finally live. We've had the, of course, the the uh, uh, the Loop components uh, inside of Outlook and Teams for a while, but having the actual application, which is kind of a uh, uh, a Notion competitive solution for those that are familiar with that, but conceptually, it was it's like a rethinking of OneNote and and Word in some mm-hmm. way, or OneNote, mm-hmm. you know, modern Agreed. OneNote, um, but uh, so that major announcement, and then you had the Copilot announcements. And why don't you talk about what is that? What is Copilot, Norm? Copilot is a, I guess, a new app service inside of the Microsoft stack where across all of the different workloads, whether it's Microsoft 365, Power Platform, GitHub, it's probably even inside of Azure, and I'm just not aware of it yet, but it is their version of uh of the GPT-3 engine applied into their different workloads like Word, Excel, Power Apps, Power Automate, even inside of some of those Azure spaces that we're seeing. And what it's doing is, it's, as I understand it, and there's a lot to understand, is that it's taking, scraping all of that information off of the web back to a certain point, which I think is 2021, and it's co-leading that information into a single reference point, I guess, if you will, where you can 
uh, start to use that natural query language and apply it to those uh, those different uh, AI learning models that they've applied to it to come out with answers and information that makes sense for the context that you're in. Now, I won't pretend to be a data scientist to follow all of this stuff. I, I can, I can follow the plot, but I can't, you know, write the chapters in a book like this. But it is, it is quite something. And and to your, to your point about major announcements coming out, I never would have expected Microsoft to launch or announce, excuse me, so many touch points of copilot all at once it was like a yeah a tidal wave of copilot announcements coming through and it is it's quite uh it's quite exciting to see this much change it's creating a lot of uh discussion in online communities social media and so on and rightly so um, and, and and to point out and it has google sweating as well it has Google sweating. You can see them trying to pivot with their compete product, which is called Bard, Bard, Bard or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And Bard, good, good for them. It, it's like yeah. <laughs> there's so much information out there. Yeah, there's. So it makes sense to to capture it, and you know, jokingly, you and I have used it for you know, fast tracking. You know, maybe content that we're writing for a blog, or uh, you know, making it. Resile itself in abstracts the voices that was it, abstracts it's fantastic for, for that. Take my little outline, create a, a a a nicely worded abstract based on an outline of what I want to cover. It's fantastic for that. It is fantastic. But beyond those initial uh, iterations of those things that we're doing, people are like in the field are saying, give me the code that will perform XYZ inside of my development platform and it saves them from having to go to the web go to stack overflow or whatever they might be using to ask those questions or to find those reference points and so their their time to productivity increases significantly and i think this is the underlying theme to, to all of this copilot business uh, and that's why we're seeing it inside of word outlook uh, we'll be seeing it in in other areas as well for personal productivity. Probably it's in Excel as well. I believe it was going to be announced. Yeah, uh, It's going to come everywhere and it's in Power Platform. And it's that's also very interesting as well. Yeah, I'm seeing more people that are writing about, and, and honestly, there's a lot more people that are writing about Copilot that actually have access to anything. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. I know there's a few folks out there that have that, but uh, just when you start seeing, unless you're seeing uh, personalized screenshots, um, you know, question whether they've actually seen some of the capabilities and they're just kind of using the broader information that's out there. But I mean, that, that comes with any new, new release, but yeah, I mean, this is, it's beyond, I mean, I was first thinking of like, even in PowerPoint, like the, the design help features. So you have for any of the you know, M365 productivity tools in the cloud, you had like the design help, you had the, you know, cloud and, and AI driven help, you know, guidance. Um, when, uh, you know, the, the ability in PowerPoint, again, using that as an example to, is you add in a few bullets and add some images where it comes back and makes design suggestions around that, which was cool. Mm -hmm. But also being able to do like the presentation uh, guidance. So actually, as you go through and are going through your slides and 
uh, and, and it's the presentation coach capabilities. It's more, that's cloud-based, it's intelligent. It's looking at the time you're spending, how you're, you're, the speed at which you're speaking, whether you're, how much time you're taking on each slide and giving you recommendations based on that. So it's beyond all of that. I jokingly, you know, everybody is joking. It's not like I figured this out, but calling this, you know, Clippy 2.0. Mm, um, yeah. Oh, I, I see that you're creating a resume or here's a template for that. Um, but it does do that kind of stuff. You know, it has the ability to, um, to, to help you in the creation process. But what I think is incredibly powerful when it starts getting into Excel, when you start looking at um, the other business apps, if you think of that, um, you know, it's connections into all other Microsoft data, LinkedIn data, things like that. For, for To be able to go in and, and say, uh, you know, hey, Copilot, tell me, and this is kind of like the Star Trek future computer speaking, mm -hmm. you know, computer, uh, but to be able to go in and look at, hey, I've got this massive um, database or this spreadsheet and summarize what are the major trends or the changes over the last month that I need to be focused on. And it to be able to go in and within moments, to speed to to back out like here's a trend that where you know revenue is up in this area except in right. these two regions and you know while uh you know the the uh gross revenue is up you know watch that this the net revenue is actually down in these areas it'll actually feed you back insights to that information insights and there was a meme i don't know if you saw this it was a cartoon which i thought was hysterical um, but it was two people standing uh, and says, isn't this great how uh, I can take these three bullet points and using Copilot, it will, using AI, it will create this full paragraph of information um, that I can plug into my email. And then the other side, it has two people sitting there receiving the email says, isn't this great how AI can take that long paragraph of, of, of information and summarize it into three bullet points <laughs> yeah you know. uh, but I, I think that's the root of the value proposition here is is speed to value hmm. for the for the user so i don't have to pen out uh, or, or 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 write out the 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 wireframe for my presentation um and then move it into powerpoint i can just do it in one place so let's say i'm happy working in word I'm going to do my bullet points for my presentation inside of Word. And then I'm going to tell PowerPoint to build the presentation that way. Or I can reverse it. I started with a presentation. Now let's create me a, a knowledge article based on that. Yep. So it's it's that, that turnaround time, the speed that, that allows you to... It's, I don't know if it's so much of a collaborative tool as it, as it, as it is a... Uh, Time to adding value to the user's experience and getting the work done. Well, I, I that's why I, I like Microsoft. And we've talked about this, and I'm sure most people agree that Microsoft has not been fantastic at naming products. Hmm. I really like Copilot as a name and a description for this because it is like a, I mean, virtual assistant would have been too literal and not, not the right. It's not not the right way to think about it. It's not just a 
an assistant there, but it is a co-pilot. Sometimes the co-pilot takes over flying the plane while you get up and use the restroom or get something right. to eat, you know? Um, but it is, I mean, for all those different uses, I mean, we could sit here and talk about scenarios for this. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in, and you're seeing a lot of comments from the community specifically around the analytics side. I mean, I just use the example of being able to take that complex data sets and yep. break that down so I can consume. So I know where to focus. I know how to prioritize what I go and do next. Right. You don't have to break down all of those micro steps to get to the insights. I don't have to figure out a complex formula in Excel as an example. I don't have to know that it's going to take a pivot table to be able to view the data the right way. Like I don't have to do all of that technical lifting because it's backed and it's computed by all of those learning models that they've been investing in. So for you now to say, what are the, the insights on this factor of the, the data set? It just does all of that mechanical work for you. And I think that's, that is going to be uh, a massive enabler for decision-making and taking action for a lot of users. Cause we are, no one in the world is data starved. We're right. overflowed with data, but yep. insights is a completely different story. Well, that's always been the problem. I, I think I've shared this story before, but I was at an event in Helsinki a few years back and I was at the, after the, I was presenting in a user group and after the event, there was like a share pint at the local pub and I got into an argument with, with a guy. We're still connected, you know, ni nice guy, younger guy, but um, we were talking about the future and talking about AI and talking about um, what that future looked like. And he was of the belief that, you know, we would in the future, 20 years in the future, that humans would be living in the lap of luxury while AI kind of did all of the manual labor and tasks that robots and, and AI would kind of do all those things. And and my argument, my pushback on that was it's like, well, you don't understand human nature. Like, no, somebody will be really incredibly wealthy and wealth disparity between the rich and the poor will be even greater you know, because of that, but that's, what's kind of a different thing. But part of it was, he was saying that we need to have less content. We need to have, we, the argument was around specifically talking about in our industry, in our space, there are so many people that are writing basically duplicate content about technology, all MVPs and things that are out there of course, and experts. And my argument was, it's not about having less content. There's no write content. You could have 10 articles that could all have the correct technical information, but 10 different perspectives, 10 different life experiences, 10 different tones and language and writing styles and, and, and graphical displays and kind of all those other things, the different right. experience. I said, what we need is better search and filtering of that content so that we can better find those pieces which are relevant to us and most meaningful for us. So I want, you know, 100x the content on any topic that I'm looking for. But what I need then are better tools for finding, for discovery uh, of, of that content. And that's interesting because when you think of all of the applications that we we interact with today, either for personal productivity or line of business ERP type systems, you're you're used to like 
clicking, navigating, entering, processing, all of these type of actions to uh, make process work, make data be captured, make a report and, output, and, and then hopefully you can- And that's where can... errors, errors happen is yeah. in the process, not in the thinking, not in the intent, yep. not in the, sometimes it's um, because we don't fully understand the technology, the capabilities of the tools that we're using. And so we stumble and make mistakes based on the process rather than the intent and right. what the data actually shows. And so now think of your typical application interface that you're used to a year or two from now when it's all search-based, like you said. And I don't think it's the same type of search that we might be used to in Bing or Google search. It'll still be the same search box, but how we approach it, the ability to refine and ask the right questions, refine the search to get the right information, I think is going to be disruptive for some users. Yeah. But like I'm used to clicking and navigating around through all things. And now I'm, if I, if you just gave me that search box now, um, natural, knowing how to ask questions using the co-pilot natural language query is going to be uh, a new skill set hmm. that I think a lot of us are going to have to learn. But yeah, it, it's kind of uh, maybe put it in line with like understanding PowerShell. And if you, for people that understand PowerShell, which I, I'm not one of those people, um, but I understand it, you know, what it is. And I've, you know, I've known for years, I've been around DBAs and, and engineers mm -hmm. my entire career. And so the ability to go in and say, I can't get what I need in the way that I need it from the, 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 the native tools, let me write the script, go in directly into the API, you know, through the API directly into the data and get what I need in the way that I need it. And so, yeah, it is, a, it, even there, it's a skill, you know, scripting is a skill, the ability to, to drop in. Some people yep. are much more comfortable in the command line interface uh, in PowerShell than they are through any of the apps. Because everyone's different. Back to your 10 pieces of content by for 10 different perspectives to complement that, there's 10 different ways of understanding content by those people. So I, I do wonder if this There's is going the, to the be the right way and then nine other ways. <laughs> I suppose so. Do you think this will be disruptive to most users? Oh, completely. I think, and 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 of course, this then opens up disruptive. Maybe is so. Yes, disruptive, but also then you start getting into the ethical implications of using the tools and 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 result. I mean, a lot of it is. Look, I had this as as a a member of Techie Gurus, I'm on the board and I'm an author and advisor um, as well. So working with people who are writing and for folks that, you know, hopefully somebody's listening to this is aware of what Techie Gurus is, the site. But um, it, one of the questions came out, it's like, dude, it, you know, well, how do we feel about people that are leveraging chat GPT and these tools to write content? Mm -hmm. And I said, first, if you've not gone out and experimented with that, uh, I don't think that there's, a, it's yet to the point where it can write a cohesive uh, uh, article um, completely 
it's just it's it's choppy at best in what it produces it has some solid answers it's often wrong in the information because it's pulling from those uh those those databases the large language models it's pulling from data which may not be correct either it's just data that's out there um like any data there's still cleanup there's still right. um uh, uh, massaging of that data that needs to be done um so I'm not in fear of if I were a writer of my job being replaced by, you know, AI. It is more of a, it's a co-pilot. It's an assistant. It's a way to, uh, the way that I use it for writing today is not to replace my write need for writing, but it is where I can summarize information. I can have a partial quote and I've gone out and used it. like, where was this quote? What was this? Uh, and it would go out and locate that source, which is pretty cool. Um, and it, so as an idea generation tool, it's fantastic. And I don't disagree. Do you, yeah. but I, I do wonder if, if you lose your voice in content creation using chat GBT or something like Copilot, do we all start to sound the same? I think, look, it, it has, it definitely prefers certain words, certain phrasing, ways of creating its generic content. And so, again, I've, I've used something where I've gone in where I am writing something and I come across a supporting article for that. And I will ask ChatGPT to summarize that article that might be 2500 words and i just right. i don't want to sit and go through it to find what i need and so i can zero in on something and then properly cite that work still uh, right but it's uh, but you're right i mean i with the things that it's generated i might grab a sentence or part of a paragraph but i've again i it's not replaced my need to go and write that content where I think it does better and where I've leveraged it so far has been where I have an outline where I've built, like, here's what I want the structure to be. And for it to then go and make suggestions on how to expand on that outline. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and, and again, this comes back to your point of it depends on how you write the question, right. the, the request to chat GPT. And this is where I, um, I won't get into it here, but um, watched a couple of YouTube videos of some people that have been spending more time in it than, than I have. And they came back with ways in which you can align whether internal or external, take your, your content that you've written and to expand that content to include target keywords wow. to make sure that questions that are being asked by the community that are kind of hot topic, you know, questions that Google search has high ranking search, uh, uh, you know, that's, and to make sure that your content uses that phrasing. So you've already written the content. Well, I just did this yesterday. I wrote an article beginning to end myself. Uh, but then I went in and used, I dumped it into chat GPT and had it make suggestions and add phrasing based on a keyword list that I provided that I did through Google keyword analysis. Amazing. So and that's it's a smart way of using that tool set. 
and it it just enhances the value and i think that's what the, the well-intentioned people will use it for uh, i do think uh, uh inside of like microsoft teams i i can see a day where you know you're going to get more expanded auto responses to the ones that we have now mm-hmm. and some some of those are okay like they're very simple in nature, but the longer complex ones that might uh, change my my voice or my tone to the the users that I've developed relationships with through those tools and technologies, I'd be leery to use it. Yeah, uh, same might be said for Outlook as well. Uh, but again, I love the idea of having Outlook summarize information for me, or rephrase something that I've written in my own initial style. So I'm a longtime Grammarly user. Mm-hmm. And basically, this is just Grammarly on steroids, the way that I'm using it, at least. Right. So that as you're writing, where it's saying, hey, you're using active or, or passive versus active language, or you're duplicating phrasing here, you might want to just, I just had a blog go live uh, out on my company site this morning that I caught that I had not finished a sentence and the marketing team published it. They they edited other things. I knew they reviewed it, but they also missed that. And I right. went in and made that change. But that's an example of something where, you know, it could identify and make suggestions around that content. Like, hey, you're duplicating things or you've rephrased this, but it's, you're saying the same thing again. And I mean, that kind of guidance. Yeah, I'm using all the writing examples, but. Right. But think of the, let, let's get past the, the writing and the, the content creation we're, we're talking about <clears throat> when it lands in teams and we start to get the after meeting summaries, Yeah, you know, it's just a number of people talking online and then discussion summarized action items generated. <clears throat> that's going to be a massive boon to productivity. And that's one I do welcome and look forward to. Well, there's, this goes back to, and I need to go find the link. In fact, I'm going to write this down that I need to go find this link and put it in there. But so I believe it was at Microsoft's partner conference. So the Inspire conference, um, I don't think it was Ignite. I think it was Inspire, but they did kind of the future of meetings. And so on stage, and those of you might have seen this and remember this, there was like a little conference room. And so you had, I think, three people sitting at the table, uh, you know, on either side, but they had somebody that was also dialed in via uh, via Teams, and they were talking about what this was leading towards. And they kind of gave in the you know in the run up to the meeting how the the system would pull together and say, "Hey, here's the agenda. Here's what you need to be aware of. Here's the pre reading. Here's the tasks that you had to complete before going into the meeting." Then there was the help inside of the meeting. So you had some people that were dialed in the phone, some people that were you know, just audio, some people that they're on video, and it's capturing the transcript live. And it was recognizing with the, again, you had to have the right devices, but the camera on the table, picking up who was speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, so building that transcript out there live and able to take actions right there is, as, as I said to you, it's like, Hey, Norm, uh, are you going to be able to follow up with Susan next week on this project XYZ and be like, yeah, hey, I got it. Well, that's in the, t- the, the, the transcript. And right there, it adds it to to do or to a planner board or 
you know, it, it captures that task. And then following that meeting, it's sending out, sending you a summary of the notes. Here's the transcript. Maybe you came in 30 minutes late. You could actually say, hey, what did I miss in the first 30 minutes of that? Summarize the points made and the request, the tasks, you know, created from that. Um, but that it would then send out that list of everything, all the takeaways. Hey, Norm, you have these three items to go and follow up on. Like we do today with Viva Insights and the email, the formerly the Cortana email. Yep. But again, on steroids, even more than what we're seeing there, so that you you don't have to then rely on, hey, was there a note taker and somebody who captured all of those tasks That's right. out of that meeting that you're automating that aspect? That's the most people do not like that role in a meeting. Hey, can no you one likes that notes? role. And I, right. And I think this this should be one of the underlying goals of all IT or technology related initiatives is that you give back time to users so they can move their work higher up on the value chain. And even if it's a small time savings of five minutes from not having to review the meeting notes or the hours that it would take to take meeting notes and transcribe them in a format and store them in a location centrally for users to get. This is the goal. So these, some of them are marginal, some of them are significant, but a gain is a gain. And this is, this is the very exciting piece of all of this is how just in, in little increments, with something like Copilot in Excel or Copilot in Word, we'll start to see fancy Excel formulas anymore. It's just going to do it for me, and I'll take that. Uh, saving time on uh, on message summaries and Outlook and Teams. There's another one that I think is going to be like 30 seconds saved here, a minute saved there, but I'll probably save hours at the end of the week, and I can work on higher value work. Well, and I think, again, we're aside from the content creation um, where you're seeing more and more people that are talking about this capability is leveraging AI around power platform and creating mm. these automations. So, I mean, the whole, this is like the dirty little secret with power platform. They talk about no to low code. Uh, the reality is that um, except for the most basic of solutions, like it does take knowledge. It does take experience. If you're going to, any syntax that you need to write around it, be like you're going to be going for help immediately. That is the that is the part that I dislike. Look, I'm not I'm a marketing guy, I'm a tech guy. It was like I've gone through when I did training on Power Platform and and uh, you know cool stuff, but uh, <clears throat> where I just struggled and where I was just following along with the materials cutting and pasting and having to like follow a detailed recipe was around right. the, the syntax of the solutions right. that is building that side of it. And Copilot that, has the ability to create that most complex part of these low code solutions. That's right. And we will move away from that, that need to know all the syntax to have to learn all of the syntax around an expression or power effects or what commands need to be behind what buttons. It is a, it is a low code language, but the language is there, as you say. Yeah. And beyond the announcements that we saw with Microsoft 365, Power Platform also made announcements around Copilot. 
and there's Copilot for for Power Apps. And I and I believe that they've had smaller, very safe versions of AI in uh, Power Apps before. You may have been aware that you could take a a drawing essentially of a of an application that you would like to build and upload it, and it would take your drawing, turn it into a wireframe inside of Power Apps, and then they extended it out to uh, Figma, which is another wireframing uh, application. Design your app in Figma, upload it, and then it'll just build it for you. There's a lot of which conceptually has been around for a long time. I like my first company was partnered with rational software. And if those that know that space, my, my company, my co-founder and I built applications for rational rows, which was a visual modeling tool. So it right. was a, a, a method for you to go in and follow the UML notation, create complex models through this notation, and it would generate code. And it wasn't fantastic code, but it, it could run, it, but it was a baseline to go and create that just like with power platform to create that turn from images into working code. And then from there, modify it and make it more complex and advanced. That's and right. Build on. So what you'll see in the, the very near future uh, is co-pilot and inside of power apps. And there's a bot experience and so now you can just articulate what you're trying to do that's i want to track issues for such and such and that's great you can get that first iteration out or pose that first question that you're you're trying to solve for in the application build and it will start with a data model that it thinks will fit with that and you don't have to be a data model expert because this is what this should not be about. This is not the right audience, right? No code, low code, no, not data modelers. But they'll understand if I'm trying to track something, they'll understand some of the basic entities or attributes that would be required to fulfill that. So it'll it'll go into something like Dataverse. It'll create the table you need. It will look f- for a reference schema to build out a table with columns that make sense. It'll even populate with sample data so you can visualize it. This is huge for me because I think this is a way for people to know if they're heading down the right path. And I think that the important part in, and not just Power Apps, but with with ChatGBT is it knows the context in which it's working and in which you're asking, which means I can iterate and say, right, this looks good, but I think I need another attribute that will store a date. That's an important distinction to make is that and people forget. It's not like when you go in and, and do a search in Google and ask for something and don't get the results. When you ask again, it's not building onto that request in context. It is. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was that- Sorry, I had to mute my microphone because you just triggered my. Uh... <laughs> I know. I will not say its name. Assistant. Is it, isn't that funny that we have to? It's just like this. Truly, is a trigger warning uh, in in speech that you have to not uh, uh, activate people's virtual assistants. Um, but it's. Uh, but that's the thing. It will build onto 
in context of so that you get the result that's not exactly what and it's like having refiners in search refiners. now I'll give you so i love that that term that concept of the refiners um yes. but again um when you're doing just a straight search you have to increasingly make your request more complex in just a normal typical search result to get the answer and every time you're asking it's a net new question on top of that it's not building on what you've already requested but with the ai it is building on that context and it, it's, it's a refiner that takes action and, and that's where you start to go into this this thing where you're going higher up on the uh, the value chain do you know like if for those that haven't played with chat gpt it's like look i'm a i'm a a pro user. So I'm playing with the chat GPT for um, things. But one of the things that I love about that, again, it's, it's not just having a search window out there, um, but that you create this contextual search, uh, um, there's this question around it. I have a number of things that I'm, I've left there and just leave open and I'm going back. And every time I go and add another question is it's doing that again in context to what I've already asked. Yeah. So I've got, it's almost like having a bunch of tabs open, which we all do. I've got like 50 tabs open across both Edge and Chrome. Um, but uh, more and more, it's it's just Edge. I don't know about you, but I'm using Edge more and more as the as the dominant. Um, but like anyway. Very good web browser. Um, uh, uh, but leaving those, the tabs open in ChatGPT because they're areas that I'm coming back to and and asking more and more in-depth questions on based on what I've already asked and got answers back to. And I don't know if there's a limit to how long it'll keep it open or store or kind of any of those things. But right now, I mean, I've had that open for a couple of weeks and it's just going strong. I don't know the mechanics of how that works. And I've asked myself the same thing, but that, and I don't know if this is bad muscle memory on my part, but I, I continue just to do like one question searches like I would inside of a, a Bing or a Google search experience. But the the power is the iteration. Yeah. Being able to go back and, and have that conversational refinement or those conversational insights that we talked about earlier with that very large data set. Well, Norm, one last question here is we're about out of time, but um, are we leading ourselves down the path to an idiocracy? If you've not seen the movie, um, it, it, it's it's hilarious, but I mean, there's it, look, there's the reality of the concern around this. Uh, here, case in point, most people have forgotten how to move around town without their phone. Yep. People don't know how to read maps anymore. Certainly kids don't know how to read maps. Um, and, and find their way. If they're, if their phone goes dead, they're like, they're lost. Yeah. I, I'm getting ready to move this summer to Dallas, as you know, uh, and talking with a buddy of mine who grew up in Washington state and we were friends there for, for over a decade. He's now down the Dallas area. Uh, and I said, you know, Jeff, what's the the thing that's been most difficult 
about moving from Seattle down to Dallas. And besides, you know, that it, it's hot in the summer, that typical answer, uh, he said, I've gotten lost several times where I left the house going someplace that I thought I knew where it was without my phone. I'm like, well, there's your first mistake. Yep. He's like, yeah. He says, because there, except for water towers, there are no landmarks. I didn't know where I was, got turned around very quickly. Uh, and so are we going to lose the capability to do the basic things? Are we going to become over-reliant on AI to do these things and then get dumber? I think some people will fall into that category. I think people who see the value that it can add and allows them to not have to print out a map and read a book, read a book and all, like all this, uh, well, not read a book yeah. for the the sake of yeah. intellectual advance, advancement, but I'm, I do think like the, the example of, uh, of, a, of a, a guidance system in your phone or in your, your vehicle is, is something that I wouldn't want to step away from because it just alleviates so much stress and pre-work that I would have to do for a long journey that now I don't have to think about it. Can I still read a map? Absolutely. Maybe do it's I... because I'm in one of those trans transitional generations, but um do do you know anybody's phone numbers? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean that's something like two. it's like, <laughs> you know, I know my own because I give it out a lot and I know my wife's. That's, that's right. it. And everybody else is on, you know, my kids are on speed dial and everything else I rely on my yeah. device. I don't know anything. I don't have them written down. If, if my phone disappeared, I didn't have access. Like, and my wife was with me. We were lost together. Like we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what funny, do we call? I don't know. It's funny you asked that question about the number of phone numbers. Cause every time I watch like a, a Jason Bourne type movie where they're, smashing their their phones on the ground every five minutes and then buying a burner phone at the local convenience store and just happen to know the phone numbers off the top of their head that's right like, it's like well it's clearly not calling his wife or his parents and those are the only two phone numbers i probably know at this point information can you please connect me with the fbi and that's right DC? No. <laughs> but i don't know about you i think it's exciting days for personal productivity and power platform productivity with copilot and i'm i'm i don't think technologists are at risk i think that we all just move up the value chain but i think that you had bill gates come out with some statements and of course you have uh jerry spataro and Satya nadella and other leaders across microsoft talking about it and it's been described as i think i think it was bill gates that said it's like the it's like the biggest it's like the most major announcement in technology since like the PC. Wow. Just, just massive. So I know we're just scratching the surface of this area. So uh, something to go take a look at and I'll provide a link to, but if you go out to, uh, I think there's a great summary site at news.microsoft.com and reinventing productivity. There's a dash in between reinventing productivity but you can go to that site and find it. Of course, I'll link it on the uh, the podcast and on the blog as well. But Norm, really appreciate, uh, again, great discussion. We'll talk again next month and go through, wow, next month. But it'll be just before 
Microsoft makes all their announcements. So I think it, I'm sure there's going to be more stuff coming up before the May the 4th event. Mm-hmm. And we'll have another great conversation in May. So it's an exciting time of year. Lots happening. Thanks for having me, Christian. Talk to you soon. Take care. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published on most Fridays, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Thank you.